Hey, last week we talked to Antonio Myers, who happens to be a black man with autism. Antonio was very forthright in talking to us about the things that we often misunderstand about autistic people and his journey as an autistic man. I invite you to listen to that episode, but not before you get into this episode with Michelle Mercier. Welcome to Diversity Dish, where we're dishing on everything diversity, equity, inclusion, and justice related. My name is Sidrola Maruska, and we're bridging the gap between what needs to be said and what needs to be heard. Those individual experiences that are often ignored or simply dismissed. Sometimes I'm dining alone, sometimes I'm dining with friends, and sometimes I'm dining a la carte. No matter how I'm dining, it promises to be delicious. Let's dig in. Michelle Mercier is a business strategy coach, founder of the Surviving Entrepreneurship Community on Facebook, and the host of the Resilient Entrepreneur Podcast, which debuted on iTunes at number 15 on the U.S. Entrepreneurial Chart. Oh, welcome, 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 Michelle. It is so good to have you here with me today. Yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I always love talking to you. Oh, absolutely. I love talking to you too. And so I was really excited when you said that you would be on. So as you know, we are talking about diversity, equity, inclusion, and justice. However, in order to kind of just get the ball rolling, I like to have people get to know my guests a little bit. And so I ask these questions that have nothing to do with any of that stuff. <laughs> so that we... <laughs> Loosen it up a little bit. I like it, Strolla. Yeah, let's loosen it up. So the first question I have for you, Michelle, is what are you passionate about right now? Oh, so much. So many things. Should we say politics? (laughs) Should we say, you know, racism? Should we say all of the things? Um, All of the things. I mean, that's just basically my all-encompassing phrase. Um, You know, I think there's a couple different things that I'm passionate about right now. I think I'm constantly passionate about people when they're humans just being taught, treated equally as humans. I think that's number one. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Number two, I think it's making sure more on a personal note that my family comes through this crazy period in time, well intact and more resilient with lessons under our belt. I think that's definitely something Mm -hmm. I'm passionate about right now. And then Mm -hmm. on the more just straight up professional level, I am very passionate about podcasting as we were just talking about because we're both doing podcasts (laughs) and I just think it's a fabulous, fabulous way to communicate and, and have great conversations. So that's kind of, kind of me right now in a nutshell. That's so awesome. Yes. One thing that I'm finding that's really exciting about podcasting as well is that I'm reaching out to people and saying, hey, I would love for you to be on my podcast and share your story. People that I don't know. So there are going to be a lot of people right now in the beginning that I do know, that I do know personally, like I know you, I've, right. I've had coffee with you. We've, right. we've met in person. Most of the people 
that I'm talking to initially are those people, but I'm starting to grab other people and they're like, yes, I would love to. And I'm so excited about the stories that they're going to bring. So yeah, it's, it's a, it's a fun and fantastic way to meet people and just kind of do the thing. It is. It's like the best right. of both worlds. You get to you get to meet people and dive into their stories, but then you know you're broadening your network from a business standpoint. Yeah. There's just there are yes. so many upsides. Not to say that it's easy because it's not easy <laughs> on some things. But oh it's my really, gosh, it's worth it's <laughs> worth all the craziness that comes with it. I think absolutely. So, do you think that your superpower is tied into your passion? And that is to say, what is that superpower? Yes. So yes and yes. I'll, yeah, I think so. <laughs> um, so I've been told awesome. over the years, I've been told over the years that I'm very, um, I'm very gifted when it comes to communicating across different groups of, of people. So no matter what mm-hmm. walk of life you are, no matter where you came from, no matter what you did, mm-hmm. you know, I do my best to make everyone feel seen and heard, which you can imagine in a coaching capacity, which is what I do all day or in a podcast host capacity that comes in handy. But I think also as a human, it comes in, comes in handy. I mean, I was taught at a really young age, you know, when it comes to, especially the job market, you know, my mom cleaned houses growing up. She, she busted her ass, multiple jobs. My dad worked in a prison, you know, she Mm -hmm. once said to me, you know, there's, there's a job for everyone. There is a mm-hmm. goal for everyone in this planet. Like there's just because you, you are in a corporate job doesn't make you better than somebody cleaning houses or vice versa. That's right. You yep. know, so I've always, I've always kind of kept that in the back of my head and same thing goes mm-hmm. for business. You know, I don't geek out or, you know, get awestruck or starstruck very easily because of people are people. That's kind of how I view it. Right. Um, and I think that right. comes in really handy as a superpower, I guess. It absolutely does. It absolutely does. And I think someone, someone else I was talking to, and I said that, and they said, well, somebody might not think of this as a superpower. And I was like, no, whatever it is that you do well, that is a superpower. That is the gift from God that they've planted in you and you are bringing to the world. That's how I view it. Yeah. Yes. Sometimes we undervalue our superpowers because we think everybody can do it the same way that we do it. And that's not true. So yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Yeah. And I think I learned from a business standpoint as well. You know, I'm, I'm very quick when it comes to business and I do a lot of things, a lot of things well, and I think big and can think in the detail. Um, and I forget yeah. that um, not everybody can do that either. Cause I just think it's normal, you know, the way the, right. the way that I run and how quickly I run and what I do. And then I remembered, no, this is not, this is not the norm. <laughs> so be aware. Right. Yeah. Yes, yes. And so it's so important to actually be aware of yourself, to go inward and be aware of yourself and to be aware of what it is that you bring that no one else can bring. Because especially if you're an entrepreneur, then you can say, this is my sweet spot because this is my superpower. I'm going to exploit this superpower to the best of my ability because clearly this is what I meant to put out there. And then, so you know what you need to outsource if you need to outsource something and you know where you don't need to go and fumble around. That's not to say that you stay in your comfort zone. It's just to say that you use, use your power and get out there. And it's not to say that you use that power perfectly. 
because there's no way I've done that. Right. That's impossible. Right. right? So I'm sure I've insulted somebody <laughs> along the line. I'm sure I've been rude or something, you know, or pissed somebody sure. off. But I think that's, right. that is never my intention, I think. But, you know, sometimes right. intentions, they lead to hell, right? So paved um, <laughs> with good intentions, right? But I think yes. when you come back to that intention behind it and you keep trying or you keep, you know, going back to the level of self-awareness and trying to evolve, then- you know, you're doing right. the best you can with the gift you've been given. Yes. Yes. Being more self-aware. Absolutely. So as a woman who has worked in the tech industry, right, you've worked in yeah, the tech worked industry in a lot of industries, and, and who's now an entrepreneur who's working for herself and doing your thing. I'm sure you have a lot of stories that can come to mind about things that have happened to you that people wouldn't believe would happen like in a normal course of life, but actually did. And very much related to the fact that you are a woman. So you are considered kind of on, on the periphery of things because, you right. know, we know that it is kind of a white man's world. So, right. So, yep. <laughs> you know, would you tell us about that and, you know, tell us a little bit about what might've happened yeah. So, I mean, I have, I don't even know if we've talked about this, but before, before the tech world, I worked in entertainment. Um, so yes, music, yes, music and theater and stuff like that. So, um, yes. and even before that, I was, I was thinking a little bit differently because just a little bit of a sidebar, my, I went, I'm Catholic and I went through confirmation classes and, you know, our parents had yeah. to attend these things with us where people would come in and speak. And I was the person, you know, always kind of causing a stir and asking the questions about abortion, <laughs> asking the questions that maybe, maybe they didn't want to hear, oh. you know, and I remember my mom getting a call from her friends and being like, can you shut your daughter up? Like she, <laughs> and I was like, what? Like, because I just, it never made sense to me that women yeah. or anybody else was less than like, I just, again, mm -hmm. I don't, I don't see that or I do my best not to mm -hmm. see it as that. Um, but, mm -hmm. you know, as I went into college or I went into even after college, you know, I came out with a music and theater degree, which meant, you know, you are your product, you know, so, yes. so many times when I'm stepped in and I'm, I've been told I'm too fat, I'm too this, I'm too that, you know, all of the things that yeah. go with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. you know, I had a roommate and I was at a mass audition in, where was I, Florida, Orlando. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she was approached by an agent who said, you know, we're happy to sign you. And it was an agent out of Beverly Hills, big deal. Um, but you yeah. have a nose job, you know, so and that was like the norm. <laughs> Stuff like that is, is very normal. You know, I don't know that men are told that as much as women when it comes to the entertainment right. industry, you know, as well as I recall being, I went to a huge showcase in New York city and I, you know, I had agents, I did all the things. I was probably a hundred yeah. pounds thinner than I am right now. And I was told that I was too fat to be a plus size model. And at the time I was probably a size what? 10 or 12. Um, what? <laughs> yeah. Oh so <laughs> yeah. I mean, and these are just like the, the, the things that are kind of sticking out in my mind, not necessarily yeah. that constant undercurrent that's running through about look a certain way, act a certain way, be a certain way, you know? And right, right. I think sometimes it's, it's made to feel okay because it's what you need to do to succeed in that industry. You know, I'd gone through a lot of the acting stuff. I'd learned a lot of stuff. So I was teaching commercial acting and monologues and a whole bunch of stuff to younger like teenagers or below, right? And I think yeah. the turning point for me really getting out of that 
industry was when I was pulled into my boss's office and told that I needed to tell, I think she was like 13, 13 year old actress that she was too fat and needed to lose weight. And I was like, yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> I'm not doing this. Wow. Cause she was brilliant and she was a, she was a comedian and she was, the reality of it was to make it in that industry. Did you have to lose weight? Yes. Did you need to as a human being? Maybe not. And maybe, you know, you make a different decision on your own terms, but I mean, right. that stuff and the level of, um, I remember sitting on an all male production team for a play, a new show that was going up and the comments made about the choreographer who was also technically mm -hmm. a member of that team, but the comments made about her ass about, you know, how hot she is about this, about that, you know, was commonplace. Yeah. Know, professional yeah. Setting, mm -hmm. Which <laughs> I just can't wow. imagine women sitting around and saying the same thing about men. Men, not that we don't, right. I guess, on some level, but not like that. I think that setting. I think that we do, but I don't think that we do it like, like we wouldn't sit in the office and go, you know, have a, a male coworker walk by and go, ooh, ooh look at his know. ass. Like, no, look at look at his ass. <laughs> hey, <laughs> you, you, I, I mean, <laughs> like what's just, up, I just baby? don't see it. Like, no. <laughs> And it's happened. Like, I know it's happened even in, you know, professional offices, you know, you're talking that you were in, in entertainment. I, I totally get that. Yeah. But even in the office, you see these looks and you hear these little comments and you go, I, I think as women, we're taught to sh kind of shake things off and just keep yep. it moving so that, you know, we don't end up being the bitch or we don't end up being, you know, being the <laughs> yeah. one who's, who's fired because now you've said something about such and such who makes a lot of money for the company, you know, things yeah. like that. And it's like, ugh, you know? So yeah. today I was looking at an article, you know, this black woman, actually, she said she didn't think that she experienced a lot of racism until she realized that she had simply normalized it exactly exactly yep and that's what we do you know as women you're talking about women but then as black women we have to normalize the idea okay. that that you know we don't want to be the angry one we don't want to be you know we don't want to be the one that's looked at different I mean even just this morning honestly if I said to my husband my husband who is white six foot three man from the Midwest, I said to him, I've sent her several emails already. Could you please do it? I just don't want to be that mom. I don't yep. want to be yep. that woman that because I also, because I also know that I am one of what, maybe five black moms at the school. And so I think to myself, you know, I'm, they already know me because when my son was going in, I, I was, advocating for him and the thing is that I advocate for my children I think everybody advocates for their yeah, children yeah. it just looks different when it's me and right. so there are times when I just say could you just do it please because then at least there it's not just me it, you know please right. do it and right I mean and know. I think that those types of things happen I feel like number one I, I can imagine that it's you have an extra kind of layer on you than I do. So number one, that, but I like, like, and I think we need to yeah. acknowledge that elephant in the room because people are like, no, that's anything. And I'm like, no, it is different. A hundred percent. No, it is different. Yeah. Um, you know, whether, whether 
it is with that individual case or it's something that has happened over and over and over again where you're just conditioned to think that's going to happen. Like I know for me, right. yeah. I had to have my, my husband call the oil guy. God bless his heart. Nice guy. But I know I don't get answered. Yep. You know? Yeah. I mean, or if I do, it's, um, it's not as thorough as if my husband yep. calls or what, whatnot. So, I mean, there's, there's plenty of places that even in my professional capacity in the tech world, I had to use that as a tool too, you know, and say, yep. Hey, my idea is not being heard. Could you say it? You know, to yes. counterpart because and kind of use right. the system and go around it that way. But, but to your point, just because I, I've kind of normalized it and figured out the rules of the game doesn't mean the game is correct in the way that you're approaching. Exactly. Right. Doesn't mean that those those pseudo rules that are in place are the rules that should be in place. Those those don't they don't benefit us at all. Yeah. <laughs> no, and they don't they don't benefit the whole. And I think I I can't hear anymore like, well, that's just how they are, or boys will be boys, or any of that bullshit anymore. I can't I can't hear it. You know, because right. I think you're right. I think some people have normalized it so they don't think it exists or some people just don't look close enough, you know, right. simple things like the amount of times I've been told, if you ask anybody who's ever bartended or worked in that industry and as a female, like how many times they've been told to smile, you know, yes. um, my mom and I were funny cause we both have kind of equal like resting bitchy face and like, you know, <laughs> You know, and I'm a pretty pleasant person, and so is she, but I know she's always, she was always yeah. being told it. I was always being told it. Like, what's wrong with my face? Is it making you feel uncomfortable that I'm not smiling right now? Like, is exactly. it going to be and okay? everything that you're saying? Yeah. yeah. And I mean, yeah. And, and from a sexual harassment perspective and like the Me Too movement and all that, um, mm -hmm. when all that was starting, I did, I put out a survey, an anonymous survey, and I said, you know, I'd like to, I'd like to get women's stories to be able to tell kind of their Me Too moments. One, mm -hmm. I got close to a hundred within forty-eight hours. Um, and two, wow, I didn't anticipate what I was going to get and the effect it would have on me personally to read them all. Yes, but yes. I think I had some women throughout that, and I also made my husband read them because I think he didn't realize that they live under a different set of rules you know, just as yeah. we as white people live in a different set of rules than you do. Like there's yeah, different yeah. the game. Yeah. You know, so, but I had some people say, you know, well, I haven't had any me too experiences in my life. I'm like, never. Mm. And I think it's mm. because they've, they've put this thing on it that it has to be like you see in the movies, like a rape scene or this like crazy thing. Yes. Um, and some yes. of those, some of them are. I mean, I got stories from women yes. being raped in conference rooms by their boss, like crazy shit. But then there's also the, yeah. you're passed over because you had a kid. <laughs> yes. Stuff. Um, I had a boss yeah. ask me right before my first was born. Um, do you have any more information about when the baby's coming so we can plan? And I was like, you mean beyond the duty? <laughs> like, like, you know what I mean? And it wasn't like a, did you, I haven't, you I haven't having, consulted the baby. And I just remember going back, so like, you know, and I'd like to, I would, I can imagine people will justify me saying that and saying, well, maybe he was asking about a scheduled cesarean date. Maybe he was this, maybe he was that. And I'm telling you, he wasn't. <laughs> like, no. He genuinely no. was like, I need to plan. That's my priority. Never mind that you're creating a human. Like, yes. <laughs> like, if yes. I'm like, yes. I'm a type A. Don't you think yes. I'll be planning the hell out of that shit? Like, come on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Right? Oh yeah. my word. Yeah. 
I, I can't begin to tell you the justifications that people put on on certain things when you say do you know what happened they're like well maybe and whatever comes after maybe is always a no I'm just say I didn't ask you what I think they might have I said I'm telling you what I know in my gut and know from experience has happened right what is happening and people will still go Maybe you're just overreacting or maybe it's just in your mind or I don't believe that 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 person is such a good person. They would never do something like that. And I'm like, well, maybe they wouldn't if they were seriously conscious of what they were doing, but I don't think they're, they're always conscious. People are not always conscious about what it is they're doing. Good people can still have unconscious bias. Good people have still been through situations in their life that have caused them to have judgment about others. Like that is the way of life. And they will always see things through the lens in which all of their collective experiences has created, you know? So there's often a lot of times where I talk to clients and I, and I help them figure out what to own versus what not to own in terms of what somebody is saying or doing to you, because you have to put it number one, that it's coming through the filter of their experiences throughout their life. And number two, that it's coming through your filter. So make sure mm-hmm. that you haven't attached something to it that's not really there. Not there. But, you know, I think to your point, you can still be a good person. You can still be a good person and still have an unconscious bias. Whereas I think people, when yes. you point out some sort of bias, it automatically triggers them to think they're an awful person. So they get defensive. And it's not about that, at right. least in my mind. It's about, right. it's not, you know, can I learn something here? And sometimes people are jerks right. and they're just pointing stuff out and you're like, no, I, I'm good. You know, but that's a level of self-awareness that you have to have yes. as well alongside that to know when to, when to own what, I guess. That makes mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I say it all the time, you know, when I'm, when I'm doing my, my workshops and helping people understand about racism or about, you know, discrimination and prejudice. People like to use these words interchangeably. They don't all mean the same. It is so not even, not even. But I like to say that, you know, this, when someone is pointing something out to you, it is never personal. It's not ever that they're saying that you're a bad person. It's that they're saying that thing that you did wasn't cool. And the two are not exclusive. It's not, you, you can't, it, you can be a good person and do bad things, just like you said, and do things that are not so cool. But does that make you a bad person? No, not unless you're consistently just being a total jerk. That's right. different. If that's the way you're living and you're dehumanizing people. Right. Or, you know, that's a whole other topic. And that's I a, whole a whole other, whole yes. other thing, you know, um, and I think, you know, it's what I tell my kids, like, you're not, you're not a bad person. You're just making bad choices. Right. Or I think at the core, a lot right. of people are, we don't come out awful. I mean, unless you're like a classified sociopath, that's a whole different thing, but we don't come out, we don't come out. You know, I look at my four right. year olds and my seven year olds and I'm like, you come out good. It is the things the world throws at you that, you know, that shapes your view and shapes you. So Yes. But at the same time, I think people forget that they can be also unshaped. Un- that. Yes. You know, they um, can be unprogrammed, yes. unshaped, 
reshaped you're not a dog you can learn new tricks <laughs> yeah i mean and that's the thing is you know i think i think it just triggers a lot of people when you say some you know when you say somebody like oh well, you're racist you know like right that might not be that's you're going to trigger somebody 110 percent if you say that yes and that's why i don't like to use that because right. then it allows people to get the wrong idea about what racism is Right. Then they seem to believe that being, being, you know, that racism is what you do, where racism is a system in which we live. Right. And so I don't like to throw that out unless I'm very sure that, yeah, that person really buys into this racism system. Therefore, yeah. they are racist. They buy into right. that. They buy it, buy into that, like, you know, stop it up with, with bread. Right. It's, it's <laughs> Like you're, but I think also that's a conscious decision to buy into sure. that. Like you yes, can, because I mean we all buy because into you can it. learn because we've yes. been born into it. I think that's the thing. Yes, I'm doing something that we've all been systematically born into. I mean, exactly. You know stuff like that. So I mean, if you are, if you know that it exists, and you then make a choice to do the opposite, yes. then you know yeah. I'm going to call you a racist. <laughs> but, that's you know, it. That's it. Lock, and barrel. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I think if like if you, because I mean, also the the generations of grandparents and stuff like that would use the N word and have done all the things, right? Like that's yeah. the way they were raised. But if I yeah. turn to you and I say, "Hey, so and so, that's not how shit's done now." That's not cool. Yep. Like you then have a choice. Yeah. And I think it's breaking yes. habits and it's undoing your program yes. at that point. Yes. Yeah. And you know. My parents are of a different generation than I am, but they, I've watched my parents evolve over the years, yeah. even now in their seventies, they continue to grow and evolve and change. If I can watch them change their certain ideas about things that they have, there's no excuse for, for anybody, which, which again, brings me back to, you're not a dog. You can learn new tricks. You just got to decide. You've got to make a choice and say, okay, let me look into this. What, what, is in, what is this about? And, and start to learn about what's, what's happening and, and, and how you fit into it and how you perpetuate it or how you don't or, you know, whatever the case may yeah. be, you know. And I, and I think does, also not feeling threatened by it because you, you and I have had yes. conversations about this before and we're both kind of abundance mentality thinkers where there is enough right. in this world to go around just because, yes. you know, everybody is at has equal opportunities does not make them less for you it just means mm -hmm. everybody has access to them <laughs> and is right not, and you know. and exactly so equality doesn't mean that you're not going to get yours right exactly. and equity means that maybe that person in order to get to that same place that you're going needs a little bit of help needs a little bit of different path than you do and so they get the tools that they need to be on that path in order to get to the to those things people right. think of equity and they're like that's not fair well why not yeah. i mean if we're going into a building there should be a ramp and there should be stairs is that fair that's equity exactly that's just equity Right. So that someone in a wheelchair, someone who can't navigate stairs can navigate the ramp and get to the same place. Right. That is what equity is. And it's, it's, 
I find that people find it so hard to understand that. It's like, no, it's simply giving people what they need. And when you take things away and then you say, get there on your own, look, the playing field is even, but I don't have cleats on. Yeah. (laughs) Right. The playing field is even. I mean, I worked a decade or almost a decade in tech. I'm telling you, it ain't even. (laughs) 110% in in the entertainment industry. Not even, you know, not even, not even, not even, (laughs) right? Not even. And I think, and I don't know, this is so much bigger picture, but I don't know if we as like human race are set up for it to be even in general, you know? So I think about that right. a lot, like when you look through history yeah. and, look and all the things, but I right. mean, you should still try. <laughs> yeah. Like, I've right. been asking so, a lot. You know, absolutely. We should try, but you know, the thing is that we affect where we are. We affect our, our circle of influence. We affect that. So how are you affecting that? Yeah. Because my whole thing, you know, I like to say is I'm a drop, but a drop creates ripples when it joins the other host of water. So what's the ripple that you're creating? What, what ripple are you creating? And then allowing for the next person to create that ripple, right? Because sure, it's, it's a huge task. I mean, you can't, you can't look at it and say, well, can't do anything about that. And, and just (laughs) live in that area. No, and I think think it can be, can be overwhelming, but yeah, I think you just, oh my gosh. Yeah. But I mean, especially as, as women, I was just speaking to somebody about this Mm -hmm. last night, women, mothers, whatever it is, like we're the caretakers. And I think it's, it's, um, yeah. Matt Travis always says like, he works primarily from a health perspective with the women because he knows he gets the woman, right. It's going to ripple through her friends. It's going to ripple, not to say guys won't all the time, but it's going to ripple through the household. You know, there's so much of a bigger ripple effect. And I think that's how I've always viewed kind of the, the questions I've asked and the way that I've approached things, not necessarily as like a savior, but as a, you know, if I can point this out and it gets through to one woman right. know, or one person who feels less than cool, like that's job done. Right. Absolutely. So what, in your opinion, are some of the, what are some of the opportunities you feel and you know since it's so huge let's let's narrow it down to kind of opportunities that might be missed in an entrepreneurial sense when it comes to being more equitable or diverse or you know inclusive with with business what are some opportunities i mean number one you may miss out on revenue I mean, that's kind of like a, like oh a line. my, hello, yeah. <laughs> like, but I mean, not to be insensitive, but I'm just saying like, that's from it's a true. business perspective, like so many companies yes. who are not bringing, you know, full equal representation to these tables when they're creating marketing campaigns and sales campaigns and all the things like you're yes. leaving money on the table. So as much as you Big think time. you are doing the opposite of that, you are most mm-hmm. likely alienating a group of people if you don't have, you know, equal representation in your marketing teams and stuff mm-hmm. like that so that you can say, hey, don't, you know, the majority of our customers are Jewish. Maybe we shouldn't be just putting out solely Christmas ads, you know, whatever that example looks of like. Of course. Yeah, um, absolutely. And it's not to say that you can, as a company, please every single group, right? Because that's, that can seem like a daunting task too, but sure, you know, just 
expanding your horizons, you know, just asking different questions, just saying, Hey guys, have we done the same thing and, and done business with the exact same group of people, same demographic for 30, 40, 50 mm-hmm. plus years? Should mm-hmm. we maybe, I don't know, grow, grow. expand, grow. <laughs> I know. I just, I know. I, yeah. I'm a big fan yes. of the, like, you know, definition of insanity, doing the same thing, expecting different results. Um, yes. I think you see a lot of, a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of companies who disguise that as, you know, if it ain't broke, you know, don't, don't fix it. Don't mess with it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think it depends on how you want to show up in this world too, though. Like, do you yeah. want to, in good conscience, be a company who is only representing one facet of humanity? And if that's your choice, yes, then yes, hey, yay, but you know, All at least right. ask the questions, at least ask the questions as an entrepreneur, as a business. Right. I think that that is absolutely spot on. They need to, I talk about the cost of racism mm-hmm. and people in finance talk about the cost of racism. I watched an interview with a, a, um, a financial analyst on Wall Street, and she was talking about how racism right now costs America, America, which means Americans, which means us, all of us, approximately $1.3 trillion a year. And she said, that's not even the worst part of the story worst part of the story is that 10 years from now it's going to balloon up to about five trillion dollars that companies businesses were all leaving on the table because we want to stick to a system that is completely unnecessary, completely outdated. And so I always have that problem when people say, well, this is how we've always done it. Oh, I hate that phrase. phrase. Lord, if that's the way you've always done it, it's time to look at it. And just from like a business strategy perspective, like I'm like, huh, that's how you've always done it. Well, you know what? The world is not the same as it was, God, five years ago. Five years years ago. ago. You know, I mean, so as a good business person, you should be reevaluating the landscape and adjusting accordingly, you know, because yes. complacency is like, to me, at least the kiss of death for a lot of entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. and a lot of businesses. I mean, look at, I'm mm-hmm. thinking right now at the top of my head, like the JC Pennies of the world, like these massive, yes. huge flagship stores. And again, that doesn't necessarily have to do with racism because I don't know, you know, it's just the way of the world in a way. Um, Sure. The way that we're going in the Amazons and all that stuff. But, you know, when you really look at that landscape, that is a big change. It's huge. Yes. Types of flagship stores going out of business. Um, so yes. I mean, you have to constantly be looking at the ever-changing. You're supposed to be looking ahead. If you're not looking ahead, if you're, you're not saying, yeah. you're, yeah, you're already, you're already behind. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, just we have that's a mall. Wall Street folks are, are so good at what they're doing because they're constantly taking the current trends yes. and looking and seeing how they're going to yes. come to fruition in the future. My husband's from North Dakota. So we drive out twice a year, once in the mm-hmm. summer and once in the winter. Cause flying out is like flying to Europe and we just don't have it. Yeah. But <laughs> so I, we've been married for 17 years. And so this has been like a long, you know, back and forth all the time. So I'm watching the landscape change 
back and forth. And at one point, I remember, you know, his parents were saying, oh, yeah, they're building this and they're building that and they're building this. And I said, I said, hmm, the companies must know something is coming because because someone else is saying, I don't know where they're going to get all their workers from. I mean, and then if all the people are working in the store, who's going to be buying? I was like, the companies know something. When you start seeing all the yeah. national chains start building in any place, they, they know. know something. They've done their research. And so you yeah. need to, yeah. So you need, so, so you should piggyback on the, that research and go, hmm, maybe now would be a good time to X, Y, Z. Maybe yeah. now would be a time, you know, maybe now would be a good time to really get a robust online thing going versus yeah. expecting people to come into the store. I mean, yeah, you know, with things podcasting like that. right now. That's why that's where I'm podcasting because podcasting is replacing a lot of other things. Other, right? Yeah. That, right. And it's adapted. A lot of, a lot of it is adapted because of COVID and people having to multitask through things and they can't sit and watch videos as much maybe. So it's just, and yep. to me, that trend is just really interesting because it's come full circle to like radio shows. <laughs> Right? Like, yes. Day, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> I was listening to one on NPR for the kids the other day. And I was like, oh, wait, this, this is because the theater person in me is like, this is a radio show <laughs> like with the old like, the sound effects and the stuff. And I'm like, you know, there's, there's typically no new ideas. They're just new timing and new, new ways of yes. executing them. New ways of executing them. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're so right. So let's think if we're sitting here, you and I, if we're sitting, maybe not here in our respective homes, but maybe we're sitting somewhere and we're toasting, we're having a drink in about a year or two. What do you think has shifted in the landscape to make us be in the celebratory mode? Um, I, I have like a really long wish list for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go with the top two maybe. <laughs> so much because I'm a big dreamer um yeah you know I I would I would like to hope that we're celebrating a less divided nation but I'm also not that naive yes. to think that that's going to that's going to take a while um but I yeah. think that would be more than two of, years I think yeah yeah I think um because how long is it taking to get that way right so I yes would, I would like to think we're celebrating that but you know I will also take equal pay. I will also take a female president. I will also, I'll take a lot. Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, but I think on the micro level, you know, just, I would toast the more, more female entrepreneurs that I see coming up because we're growing rapidly, especially, you know, in, um, different yeah. across the races and stuff like that. I would, I would be toasting that. Um, I think people ask me like, why do you work primarily with female entrepreneurs? And I say, because again, that ripple effect, not that I wouldn't work with a guy cause I absolutely would. Um, but mm -hmm. we think we think a little differently and the, mm -hmm. the playing field is a little different for us as well, culturally, mm -hmm. all of the things. So for mm -hmm. me, I guess on mm -hmm. that micro level of things that may be doable, um, the next yeah. year is, yeah. is, you know, just toasting all of the, the amazing female entrepreneurs that we've, we've seen kind of expand in our, in our networks. Yeah. And I love it. I love seeing it too. Definitely. So is there anything, if you could step into my shoes and ask me anything, is there anything that I did not ask you that you would have liked to have answered? Um, I don't know. This was a lot of amazing conversations. <laughs> so, I think so too. Yeah. I mean, I don't, 
I mean, we covered so much ground. So I think, I think this is just amazing. I think the one thing that I would say to people and just remind them if you're listening is that, you know, it is a big world. And I, I like to teach my children this too, is, you know, outside of your town, outside of your little circle that you're in and nothing against it, you know, because I am a big believer of like creating your team and, you know, keeping the people that you trust mm-hmm. closest, but that shouldn't stop you from going and asking questions in a respectful manner of people who don't look mm-hmm. like you, don't act like you from other countries, mm-hmm. any of the things. Um, and it doesn't yep. have to be a huge undertaking, but it could be, you know, small things every day. It could be small things every week. But just to remind yep. yourself that you are a drop in a very big, diverse world. That's my, that's my last thing. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay, so let's just, let's go back to you. Yeah. And I would like to know, after all this amazing information that you've shared, how would you like people to remember you when you're gone? You know, I think about this a lot. I think it's because of, um, is it Stephen Covey when he says, is it him yeah. that says like that when you show up to your funeral, like who will be there? How will they remember you? Yes. You know, and I, and I would always like to be remembered as number one, somebody with uh, a deep level of integrity, you know, maybe yeah. not perfectly throughout my life because that's impossible, but I've tried. Sure. Um, sure. And I've also would like, like to be remembered as um, somebody who saw people you know, and didn't just kind of glance yeah. over them as human beings um, and did mm-hmm. my best to say, you know, I've had people say to me before, you know, when I'm speaking to you, it seems like you really care and like you're engaged. And I was like, well, it's because I do. I mean, I can't always, mm-hmm. I'm a human. There's only so much energy to give and I have to put boundaries up Yes, sometimes for my own sanity. But, you know, I want to, I would like to be remembered as somebody who gave a shit, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, I know that's like a really yes. kind of blunt thing, but yeah, um, yeah, yeah. There's there's too many people in this world who feel like they're jaded or not seen or have been you know unjustly treated or whatever that is. And I'm not going to solve it all, but you know mm-hmm. I can make an impact in my in my circle. Yeah, yeah, you can absolutely. I love it. So we're diversity dish, and we've just dished on a lot. I, know. I did. <laughs> But honestly, I would like to know what is your favorite dish? What is that food that just makes you go, yes. So many, so many. Um, Well, I cannot eat gluten anymore. Every time I ask the question, people are like, just one? I know, I'm like, I can't eat gluten anymore. And I've been recently told I shouldn't have dairy. So I'm like, well, this kind of sucks, guys. Like, Oh, geez. I in my life, I would say like mac and cheese, grilled cheese, like anything with cheese. Yes, you can't. Oh my God. Now I will say anything with <laughs> veggie cheese or vegan cheese or whatever the hell it is. Um, you know, yeah, but I yeah, think yeah. if all of the things were kind of taken away, um, you know, I just like a good meal that is not prepared in my house. <laughs> And my husband is, does all the cooking because I suck at it. Nobody, I always say nobody wants to eat what I cook. Yeah. But, but, you know, I, I love going out and just having a good meal. And maybe that's because it's the yes. company I'm with, but I don't, so a lot of the times it is. Um, but, yeah. you know, I think as a mom of littles, it's like if it's yes. chicken fingers or any of that kind yeah. of quick meals, I will take it. <laughs> 
<laughs> but my son now, of course, he's 14 years old and he's been, he's loved food forever, but now he's really getting into, mom, let's go get, let's go get some steaks because I want to make them this way. And I'm like, look, I will get whatever you want to make if you're going to make it because I'll be happy to eat it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I will be here yes. when you're ready to eat it. <laughs> oh my goodness, Michelle. Where can people find you? And do you have anything that's coming up that you would like to share with our audience? Yeah. So, I mean, people can find me in a lot of different places. Um, I have a podcast that's called The Resilient Entrepreneur, and that's on iTunes, Spotify, iHeart, all the places where you can find podcasts. Nice. Um, so I love people to go check that out because we, we do some real words, real world stories, as well as, you know, just yes. good old fashioned business advice, as well yes. as my website is createhonesty.com and my handles across all social media is create honesty as well. And that's Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. And I also have a really amazing community called the Surviving Entrepreneurship Community that if you just type that in in Facebook, you'll, you'll find us there. And that's for female entrepreneurs as well. Fantastic. And I have been on your podcast, so I can I vouch it. for yeah. <laughs> yeah. this awesome conversation then. It was awesome conversation today. Thank you so much for being here, Michelle. I think that all our listeners, or all my listeners are going to find a lot of value in everything that you have to say today. Good. Thank you for having me. I mean, I just, I just, I've said it a million times. I love talking to you. And I think every time I come off a call with you, I've learned something else or I've learned, you know, come out with a different point of reflection. So I really enjoy our conversations. Oh, that's so awesome. You're so sweet. Thank you. Hey, did you enjoy that episode? If so, please be sure to subscribe, download, rate, review, and share. It would also mean the world to me if you became a patron over at Patreon. The information is in the show notes. Thank you, and we'll see you next time.